welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I hope you're doing super duper. I am wicked excited to be here. And I think I'm just running with this one right off the top of my head pretty much because spiritual team, S-T-O-T-J, spiritual team on the job, they're coming in hot with this one. <laughs> and I can't resist like when, when, when shit is put in my head and it's like, talk about it. Or I'm like, all right, I guess we're running with it. This is what we're going to do. So I'm not sure what this episode, what this suck is going to be called. Maybe something like at your core or at your center or something like that. But let me tell you where the, I think the inspiration, uh, you know, is coming from today. And a lot of it has to do with the conversations that I have repeatedly been having with multiple different uh, mentoring clients. So many of you know, if you're new to the show, hi, I am Karen. I'm a spiritual mentor, uh, a certified hypnotist, been a yoga teacher for a wicked long time. I am a writer and a storyteller, a speaker, obviously podcast host, whatever. So on a lot of my work in spiritual mentoring, uh, sometimes I do it in group form within my membership, The Nest, and sometimes I'm doing it one-to-one -one with private individual clients in what I call The Quest, which is my one-to-one -one spiritual mentorship program. But whether I'm talking to people in The Nest or people from The Quest, it, it, this, this is a repeating theme that happens. And I feel like this is why it's really kind of bubbling up to the surface, because I think I have used this example, which I will share with you, dear listener, in a moment. Uh, I think I have shared this example several times this past week with different clients. And I'm like, okay, if it's helpful to these people who I love and adore and work with, it is probably going to be helpful to um, my listeners and to the audience and to folks who take the time to tune in. And it is always my hope that, you know, you walk away with something um, from this show because you're sharing your time, right? Your presence, your energy, your listening. And it's always nice to obviously when you give that to also receive, it's in giving that we receive. Um, so hopefully something that I share today will land in your heart or will be helpful at the very least will be entertaining, okay? So I was talking to somebody. So one of the things, and you've heard me say this before, if you're a loyal listener, people often ask me like, you know, do you work with children? And so many times they've said, oh my God, this shit that I'm learning from, you know, working with you, or whatever. I wish I had learned this so many years ago. I wish I had learned this when I was younger or when I was a teenager in my twenties or whatever. And so people often ask me, do you work with children? And I often say, no. And I say, well, I say no, but here's the asterisk, right? Here's the, here's the, uh, here's the hashtag funny pot. Um, I always say I work with adults, but really what I'm working with is little kids in adult bodies who still have some stuff that they're working through. Okay. Now, the reason why I'm telling you that and why it's important is it really kind of fits into today's theme of like at your core. 
So one of the examples that I often um, say to my clients is this, you know, you, so let's say I'm working with you. Let's just make up a client. Let's say I'm working with um, a woman. She's 43. Uh, she's come to me for some support, spiritual mentoring. We're doing whatever we're working on. And I'll always say to her, so like right now, the rest of the world is experiencing you at 43. But one of the things we have to remember is that when you were a little kid, when you were a little person, you already kind of had within you the potential for who you're going to become based on your experience, your environment, um, the things that happened to you, the beliefs that you had, the meaning you assigned to things, right? I think it was Aristotle that said, uh, it was either Aristotle, Plato, one of those smarty pants. He said, you know, show me the boy, show me the boy or no, give me the boy until he is eight and I will show you the man. Give me the boy until he is eight and I will show you the man. Meaning that the, the biggest impressions, uh, the biggest impressions that happen to us, especially are often when we're younger. And that's when the world can really put its imprint on us, on our subconscious, on our beliefs and stories about ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. And so one of the things that I'm often saying is that as a little kid, we can already see within us the potential of who we're going to become based on our environment, our meanings, our stories, all these things, right? But as adults, we have to also consider the fact um, or just consider the idea. Let's not call it a fact because it may not feel true for everybody, but let's consider the idea that we have within us as an adult always these younger versions of us, the little kid, I always draw it like a little hat. I do these little stick figures and I like draw these things for my clients. <laughs> Hashtag little weirdo alert. So I draw these little pictures for them. And I say always within the, the, the larger person, the adult, and I draw a little hat. I'm like, there's the little kid, but also within the little kid has the potential for this, this, this um, a person you're going to grow into, right. That you're going to become. And so I was talking to somebody today, one of my clients today, and it doesn't matter who, because this is like a universal concept, even though it was being used in a, on a personal level, but I've used this example with several people. So here's the deal. Okay. Do you guys know what a uh, rushing, rushing, not rushing, Russian, <laughs> they're called many things. And I wrote down the name because I, 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 and please forgive me if there's anybody from, um, Russian heritage, if I mispronounce this, I do not mean to butcher it, but they're, they're officially called Matryoshka, Matryoshka, I think, dolls, also known as Russian nesting dolls. Sometimes they're called stacking dolls or tea dolls or whatever. And if you have never heard of them or seen them, let me just describe them for you. So you basically have this little tiny baby doll, okay, that sits at the center, the core of this thing. And then on top of it, you have all these other like larger dolls around it. So when you first see one, you just see a singular doll, right? Little wooden dolls and they're hollow. And then you open them up, you separate them. And inside is the exact same doll, but smaller inside. And then you separate that one. And then in nested inside that one is another one and another one. And then you go all the way down to that one original little one. Now, the fascinating thing about these, and it's important because it ties into this spiritual kind of idea that I'm sharing with you and what I'm really excited about is that um, when, when, you, when you first look at them, you only see the one. And I often say to my clients, like you contain within you multitudes, 
you like you have entire almost like universes it seems inside of you you have all these different parts to you and so when we look at the russian nesting dolls it's such a fantastic example and metaphor of this concept of within the 43 year old is also the 42 year old is also the 24 year old is also the 18 year old is also the seven year old right we have all these different parts of ourselves these different ages of learning, these different um, moments of call them traumas or tragedies or emotional experiences that like kind of get like imprinted on us. And I think kind of historically, right, or let's call it um, metaphorically, that these dolls kind of represented, I've heard several different things. So number one, they kind of represented um, the maternal, the feminine of, of kind of like the mother holding within it the baby or the child, okay? And so like the mother, each mother kind of holding or carrying down the legacy of the family. That's one way to kind of look at these originally, these dolls. They've also said the different size dolls are said to represent the different parts of us. So like body, mind, soul, heart, spirit, which is also like kind of really cool. And so um, Another metaphor you can think about if you're like, well, what does that look like? So imagine like when you have an onion, right? And you first, you have the outer shell, the papery, that papery kind of like light brown um, or tan or fawn colored thing. And you peel that back and then there's the next layer of the onion. And then inside that onion, when you peel back that top layer, there's another onion that looks exactly the same, only smaller, right? So we peel back all these layers. And the um, example of an onion and peeling those layers is, is used like probably overkill at this point, but in, in spiritual work, in personal development work, right? We often talk about like, well, we're peeling back these layers and the more time that we spend with ourselves, the more willing we are to go deeper, the more we're able to kind of sit still with ourselves and reflect and, and notice things and pay attention, right? We start to peel back these layers of who we think we are. Now, one of the fascinating things that I love about this, and one of the things that I often talk about is this. I always say, so in, in kind of like different spiritual traditions, there's this idea that who we are at our core. So at your core, whether you call it the divine self, the divine spark, the eternal part of you, the unchanging part of you, right? That's the part of you that never changes. So even though you might be in a particular body, right? We always say, we often say that when somebody's body dies or when somebody dies, who they really are lives on. Their spirit remains intact, right? At their core. So the body, the, the kind of the organism, right? The flesh, right? I would say the meat puppet, right? So I sometimes joke and call the body like a costume that I've been wearing to this elaborate party, <laughs> which, is, which is your life, right? But at the end of the party, we have to return the costume to the shop. You know what I mean? And so we take off the body, but the, but the real you that has, was attending the party, right? The spiritual self, it lives on. They say, you, you know, we're, we're energetic beings, we're spiritual beings, we're cosmic beings. You know, everybody calls it different stuff. But that thing is eternal. That's the unchanging part. Even though you might be wearing a costume or a meat puppet that has 
white skin or brown skin or tan skin or olive skin, all the shades of the beautiful rainbow, right? It's like, the, but who we are at our core is eternal and unchanging. So the fascinating thing about the Russian nesting dolls is that the outer dolls, the biggest dolls, they are hollow wood and it's thin wood, right? And then they break apart at the center. So they're changeable and they crack open and within it, it reveals the next layer. And then that one, right? You can open it up because it's like that line at the center where they separate. And that's very much an ego thing. The ego, um, um, the ego creation of, of, of humans and individuals and these ideas of separation, right? That's what the ego's full-time gig is, is to kind of keep you feeling separate, not only from your source, not only from your true self, but also from each other. So I just kind of love this imagery of how these nesting dolls like break apart, open up, and within they reveal them. And all the outer layers of these dolls, they're painted elaborately. And isn't that what we do, right? Whether we use makeup or we put on earrings or tattoos or we wear clothes or fashion or whatever, we're always kind of dolling up in some way. We're always doing something to these meat puppets, right? Um, and then within us, right? You have all these external changes, like how how the skin is going to change and we're going to age and we're going to get wrinkles and we're going to get older. But within us, and, and I can tell you this at 54, my sweetie and I joke about this all the time. He's 57 and he's like, I don't feel 57. <laughs> I was like, I know, right? The little kid in me, the 12 year old, I always say the 12 year old in me is alive and well, right? So when I was a little kid, um, one of the neighborhoods, so there was like, uh, there's a several neighborhood moms, right? Where everybody kind of knew the different moms. So there was a woman uh, named uh, Judy Gilligan, Mrs. Gilligan. And Mrs. Gilligan, uh, I was such a tomboy, like such a tomboy. I looked like a boy probably till I was about 13. So Mrs. Gilligan never called me by my real name. She called me Harry. So like Harry was, <laughs> Harry was my nickname. So the other day on my birthday, uh, last week on my birthday, uh, some of the Gilligan kids, because there's a bunch of them, right, were wishing me happy birthday. And one of them saw a picture of me that I had posted when I was little. And she wrote in big letters, Harry. And I said, oh, trust me, Harry is alive and well. She is alive and well in there, you know. And I really do believe that. So, But here's the thing about the Russian dolls. I'm going to make my point. So the outer layers are like hollow and they separate. And they keep whittling down and whittling down to the smallest bit. And the fascinating thing is about that smallest baby doll that is nestled within these stacking dolls, these little tea dolls, that little sucker is solid wood. That little bit at the core is unchanging. You can knock on it. It is like knock, knock, knock. It is solid. And I think it so beautifully kind of represents the spirit right? Who you are at your core, at your center is unchanging. It is perfect. It is divine. It is innocent. It is whole and it is holy. And its natural state, right, is to be like kind of that vibrant, happy, peaceful, safe, content, right? I just, I just think about at the core of us, at our center, that's who we truly are. And then, so let's look at this. So whatever metaphor makes you happy, run with the onion or run with the nesting dolls, right? I'm gonna go with the nesting dolls. But at the center, you have this unchanging self, the eternal self. 
and then layered on top of those things, right? So I always say, you know, we come into the world, we are so innocent, we are so full of wonder, we are, um, you know, we are like extensions of the divine. That's what I always say. We're just all God's kids. Whether you believe in something that called God or not, like I, that's not, we are all extensions of love. We are all extensions of goodness. Okay. So we have this solid part of us that never changes. And then life happens to us. Our childhood happened to us. Our parents happened to us. God bless them. God bless them. Most of them mean well. Our earliest caretakers, our siblings, our religions, our churches, our schools, you get bullied, right? Whatever. Life happens to us. You're an immigrant. You're an outsider. You're different. You're this, you're that. You don't feel like you belong. All these different experiences that can happen to us, right? You feel like um, you're an alien. That's how, does anybody ever feel that way? Like, how did I end up here? This, is, this world does not feel like home. Double amen hands if you can relate to that, right? So we have at our core this innocence, this beauty, this powerful little being uh, that is eternal, that is spirit. And then very much human shit happens to us, right? The human experience, the human classroom, right? Starts to happen. And then we get a layer and then another layer and then another layer and then another layer. And before we know it, we forget. We forget that at our center is this divine self, this little divine spark, this part of us that is just so fucking fantastic. You know what I'm saying? It's just like so fantastic and it's so beautiful and it, it, and, and it just sparkles. That's the way I see it. Like when I say to people, keep on shining your light, like that part of you that is like the light of the world. But what happens is all these layers get dressed on top of it, get stacked on top of it. And we don't see the glow anymore. And we forget that it is there. And I think one of the beautiful things that spiritual mentoring does, spiritual mentorship does, personal development work, whatever you want to call it, right? This spiritual work of coming to know ourselves, to return home to who we truly are. What it's doing is it's kind of like breaking open these constructs, removing these labels, going within and going in and peeling back all these layers of ego personality, the labels that people have, you know, um, tried to put on you, the ones you've put on yourself, the boxes you've been put in. You know what I'm saying? So it really behooves us. It's really helpful to us to every once in a while, and I do this with my clients, to really just stop and look at, you know, um, what we're taking on based on what other people are telling us about ourselves. What are these outer layers that we have come to believe? What are the stories, right, that we're walking around with that weren't even as to begin with? So I also think about these nesting dolls as really representative of like generational trauma. So maybe historically, they were um, the symbology or this, yeah, the symbolism or whatever, the symbology of these was um, a chain of mothers carrying forward the family legacy. But I also can see it as a chain of mothers carrying forward the family trauma, the generational trauma, especially when it doesn't get resolved. So one of the most powerful things I always say to my clients, especially, you know, my clients who are parents, I often say to them, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your kids is to get your shit 
together, to do your healing work, to stop avoiding your trauma, to recognize your blind spots, and to give your children the gift of your presence when you are peaceful and happy, doing the work to heal so that what you're passing on to them is not your trauma and their trauma and the trauma before them and so on and so on and so on. You know, ancestral healing, it's a very powerful thing. When one person in the generational line says, you know, that phrase, the buck stops here. Well, it's like the bullshit stops here. And at some point, it's no longer enough to understand why we do what we do. Because I think that that's fantastic. I think understanding our history, understanding our trauma, recognizing like, yeah, well, my dad never told me he loved me because his dad never told. That's all great to understand that. What I'm most interested in is once we recognize that, once we grieve the loss of not having that, right? What that little kid in us that, that really needed, once we do that work, then the question becomes, because we don't want to skip those parts. We don't want to skip the, this makes me sad, cry your tears, do the whole rigmarole, right? Like that part is wicked important. We're not, we're not high by jumping that. We're not hurdling that sucker. We're going to slow down. We're going to pause. We're going to be with it. And we're going to do the work for however long it takes to kind of start to heal that stuff. But then once we recognize that there's healing to be done, the question becomes, what now? What am I going to do about it? Where am I in this lineage? And what am I willing to say, this stops here? And even like me, right? Like I don't have children. I'm not raising human, well, I have furry kids. <laughs> I love my kids so much. All right. I don't have human kids though. But I often look at like, I have what I call spiritual daughters and I have um, furry kids and I have clients and, you know, clients are one of the ways that I extend, like, I'm not their mother. I don't mean it in a creepy way, but it's one of the ways that I can extend, right? That crone wisdom, that old lady wisdom, the stuff that I've learned as it's been passed down to me that I can now share with others. They might not be in my quote unquote biological line right? My DNA is not getting passed down, but my spiritual DNA is. And that to me is really exciting. So it's not like we only have influence as people who birth children or raise like kids, right? We can touch the world and have influence and impact in so many ways, you guys. And so as I was thinking about this, right, I was just like, how amazing is it? Right. And, and if you've ever seen me where um, I haven't made them in a really long time and I'll probably never make them again. So they're kind of like, uh, I don't know what we would call them, antique pieces at this point. <laughs> but my sweatshirts and my T-shirts that say stop playing dumb on them. It sounds a little harsh, but I don't mean it in a harsh way. And it's always funny the meaning that people assign to it when I'm out in public wearing one of them, because what it really means, what stop playing dumb really means is stop playing dumb about who you really are. So in this example, we would go down to that smallest little nesting doll, that solid, unchangeable, eternal, spiritual, divine spark, that light of the world part of ourselves. Let's stop playing dumb about the fact that we are an extension of all the love that is, that we are extension. Again, you want to call it God's kids. You want to call it love. You want to call it your highest self divine spark. I don't care. I don't get hung up on what we call it. 
It's just knowing that there's a part of ourselves that is just, like I said, it's perfect. Now, let's be clear. I could do a whole podcast about this, but I'm just going to say like a couple of sentences about this. Let's be clear. When people say, when we say spiritually, right, you're perfect just the way you are. <laughs> Let's get wicked clear what I actually mean by that. I can't speak for what other people mean by it, but let me explain what I mean by it. When I say who you really are is perfect, that or you're perfect just the way you are, I'm talking about that divine piece of you. And I always add, but trust me, your ego personality could probably use some work. And P.S., mine too. <laughs> I always say, I am my first client. I'm my first guinea pig. I'm always the one who is doing this stuff to herself first. And then I get to share it with my clients if, if, if I find through evidence that it has been effective for me, right? So here's the thing. Yes, we are all perfect at our core. We are all perfect just the way we are. And our ego personality constructs could use a little polish and could use a little work, take off some of those rough edges. You know what I'm saying? But I just love this idea of the matryoshka, the matryoshka dolls. They're sometimes called in the West babushka dolls, but they don't call them that apparently from what I've you know learned through doing a tiny bit. Because once I was like, oh my God, I got to talk about this. I'm like, well, you know, have enough respect to go and try to do a little research and find out what they're um, traditionally called. Because I didn't even know if calling them Russian nesting dolls was correct, but apparently at least what I can find, that is what they are referred to. But these little babushka dolls, right? And I love that word babushka. I think it means like old woman or old lady. And I always think of a little old lady wearing a little kerchief. <laughs> and that's where I'm heading towards, right? So here's the last thing that I want to say that I find fascinating about the about either onions, because even with onions, you have to cut them open, right? So one of the things that we often do <clears throat> is rather than relating to that part of ourselves, we have that spiritual amnesia, right? Again, that's the whole stop playing dumb thing too. We kind of get this spiritual amnesia and we forget who the fuck we actually are. And we start to buy into these old beliefs and these old stories that don't serve us. And that's why I'm always, you know, my, my whole thing in the work that I do is called Your Story to Your Glory. And it's about rewriting some of these old stories, these old unconscious or subconscious, these old subconscious programs that we have that don't serve us anymore. And that's why I always say, like, I use hypnosis to dehypnotize people from these old beliefs, these old stories, these old patterns, these old behaviors, these old identities that just don't serve us. And so we often, you know, we over identify with those outer shells. Let's go back to the dolls, right? We often overly identify to a, to a fault those outer shells. And we stop forgetting about at the core, at your core, who you really are, that spiritual self, that divine self. And we're way more focused on the external shells, right? The external self. And one of the things is, think about the design of those dolls. First of all, they're separated right in the center. They are separated. They're already split in half. Again, this is how we know the ego is at work. The ego loves to keep us separate. Remember, repetition is the mother of all learning. So I'm going to repeat things sometimes, a couple of times, because uh, it also is good for my own ears to hear it as well. 
but the ego is always looking to keep you separate from your source, from spirit, and from your true self and each other. That's the racket that it's always running. So when you look, think about those dolls, right? And how they can be separated from themselves and you can open them up, right? Right at that seam, what are we doing when we're separating it? It's almost as if we're breaking it in half. And so many people, when they come to work with me, they have a deep subconscious belief. And sometimes they're conscious, like they'll even use these words that, I have always felt like I was broken. I've been told that I am broken. You see on the internet, right? On the interwebs, people saying like, oh, I'm a beautiful mess or I'm a hot mess or I'm broken. We're all broken. And I'm always like, no, we're not broken. <laughs> we're not broken. We might go through some really difficult shit. We might experience some wicked hard shit. We might feel as if, we might feel as if emotionally, you might feel as if you feel broken. You might feel like, oh yeah, my body, right? Yes, bones can break. Your physical body can quote unquote be broken, right? But it also can heal. And I think the thing I want most people to know is let's stop focusing on and identifying so much with the ego self, right? With that ever changing. Think about it. How different do you look between two and five and five and 12 and 12 and 25 and 25 and 55 and 85, right? The outer shell, right? It's always going to be changing. It's going to look different. And eventually this outer shell is going to fall away. But what remains true is what's at your core. So I think that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and I hope, I hope this has been, um, I don't know, enlightening, entertaining, made you look at something a little bit differently. And also maybe hopefully it will help you to appreciate all these versions of you along the way. And I'm mixing, I know I'm mixing a lot of metaphors here, but you know, I have such deep appreciation for the younger versions of myself because they got me here. And were they sometimes like, was I sometimes a total knucklehead? <laughs> we have evidence, all signs point to yes. And right. But man, was that part of me trying to do her best. Man, was that part of me sometimes just trying to keep me alive, keep me sane, keep me on track, keep a roof over my head, whatever. Have I made some stupid decisions, some selfish decisions? You bet your ass I have. And I've learned to forgive myself for the things that I did when I didn't know better, when I should have known better, when I should have taken the long view instead of the short view, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So regret, if you haven't listened to that episode, if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're like, yeah, I have a lot of regret for those things I used to do. Um, I did a whole episode called On Regret. And there's a quote that I love that I shared that says, um, and we've, we've never been able to find out who originally said it. So I don't know who to give credit to, but I love it. And it says, regret is just paying too much attention to choices you made, things you did, words you said, right? While you were still learning. Regret is paying too much attention. So I always say the choices you made, the things you did, the things you said, while you were still learning. And every time we know better, hopefully, hopefully, let's pinky swear, you guys, just pinky swear with me right now, that when we know better, 
when we have learned better, that we will make a conscious effort to do better. So you guys, thank you so much for listening. It has been a total pleasure and a joy. I'm not sure when this sucker is coming out, when this episode's coming out. But as of right now, I have one spot for one-to-one spiritual mentoring in the quest. And if any of these things that I talk about, if this podcast, if you listen to this podcast and you're like, you know what? I I think it's time. I've been walking around with some stuff uh, in my body, in my hat, on my mind. that's not really serving me. I really want to get down to business and start that healing journey of shifting my mind uh, from fear to love. Then um, I would love to have a conversation. So you can always reach out to me, go to my website, hit the contact button, karenkenny.com. You know, it's K-E-N-N-E-Y. If you listen to like, if you just on social media, shoot me a DM, whatever. Well, I can always have a conversation about, you know, what might be a good fit for you, whether it's just to continue listening to the podcast, uh, whether it's joining uh, the group program, the nest or joining um, working one-to-one in the quest. So you guys, wherever you go today, tomorrow, next week, whatever, wherever you go, may you leave all versions of you. (laughs) May you leave yourself. May you leave the people you encounter. May you leave the animals and the little creatures that you encounter. May you leave the environment, right? Better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may all the beings that you encounter be happier and better off than, than for you having been there. You know what I'm saying? Leave, leave the people, the place, the pets, the animals, everything better than how you found them. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.